and this is Pondering Putan with Ajishiro Taro and Hachimitsu Boy. I'm Connor, and I'm here with my co-host, Neve. Hi, I'm Neve. This is a spooky and unsettling comedy podcast that's dedicated to Eiji Nonika's manga series, Grimaldi High School. And today, we are completing our read-through of Volume 3 with Chapter Aside 70. from the ancillary material. Right, of course. <laughs> um, we're completing our read-through of the volumes, uh, or of the chapters of the volume, uh, with Chapter 70, The Bitterest Pillow. Yeah. And the reason that it's spooky is because we're recording this the day before Halloween. So... Happy Halloween to all. Although, if you're listening to this, at the earliest, it's the day after <laughs> Halloween. So, uh, I don't know what what we're doing all that for. But yeah, hope you I hope you had a good one. Well, <clears throat> if you're listening to this when it comes out in the Patreon feed, then it's like the night of Halloween. We're re- we're recording this mm. a day earlier. Um, yes. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for a second, I I got confused about when Halloween was, but I was right initially. It is tomorrow. But then for a second, you started. You confused me into thinking that it was on Wednesday. So yeah. Good good job good job with that. I'm very easily confused, apparently. Uh, so I know Halloween is... Uh, well, you celebrate it differently. Yeah. But it's a it's a favored holiday of yours. Yeah. I mean, I specifically um, celebrate Samhain, which is like, starts uh sundown on the 31st and then ends sundown on the on november 1st um and so the the night of the 31st uh that is like you know we're gonna watch scary movies that kind of stuff um and then uh during the day like you know after the sun rises um Samhain, then it's like starting to transition into like Yule season preparation kind of stuff. Uh, so the big thing I do is that I make my, my lab cooking dough, which has mm. to like age for a while. So I hope to benefit from that again this year in some yeah. fashion. <laughs> uh, hopefully I haven't knocked myself off the list. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was wondering how you were going to, celebrate Samhain. Um yeah. Or like I guess we can't really talk about films still um with the strike. Well, we're choosing not to <laughs> in solidarity with the strike. Um yeah. I would ask you what's on the docket, but I don't know if that so would be overstepping cuz uh so for um like stairwells we finished up Ikoku Nikki uh, which with what would be like, we've been calling it the non-homophobia zone, but it's like the 99th episode of stairwells. So for episode 100, we are going to do perfect blue, which is not struck work. Um, mm. like the dub that was produced was produced for like a VHS release, stuff like that. Um, and it's also just like a, uh, you know, significant movie that like both 
Autumn and I enjoy. Um, so we might try to find like some other like foreign horror movie that would not be struck work that we could potentially also then talk about a little bit. But um, yeah, it, it's still gonna be a little because we're gonna try and talk a little bit about movies, but we're gonna like make sure we're steering clear of anything that would be struck work. So um, and then yeah. we're probably gonna go back to like we might read Master and Margarita. We've been talking about like what we would do next because the the strike has not ended yet um master margarita seems to be the current leader but if people are listening to this and they have ideas for things that we could do feel free to like you know chime in let us know something that we could cover but um i know master margarita is a book that like multiple uh i like master margarita a lot i've read it multiple times um and i know multiple friends of uh autumns have like been trying to get them to read it so um i think it would be fun nice yeah that's a good timing sometimes things just come together like that um do you do any of the like candy well i guess with your the area that you live i don't know if they even do trick-or-treating that much in the neighborhood or um so are you gonna do, do any trick or treating? Yeah, I, yes, we are. So at the at the risk of saying like too much, but like we live in an area where, uh, I like if you if you don't like it's very very close by where there's like a bunch of rich people houses where we live is not like particularly rich people, but it's it's very close. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can just go to that street where there's just like you know, million dollar homes and go trick or treating <laughs> there. So, cause with apartment buildings, sometimes like trick or treating is a lot harder. Um, yeah, you can but, go in like three directions and hit neighborhoods like that. I feel like. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that's revealing too much, too much yeah. information. There's one in particular that, um, we'll probably like walk down that street. Um, but, uh, yeah, and for for Halloween, our our uh, kid, um, so they wanted to go as Link from Legend of Zelda, specifically the Champion Leathers from Tears of the Kingdom, because that's like the one Zelda Zelda game they know, because it's the one that like you know they watched me play or like involved with. So I was always controlling because it's too hard to like that game is too hard to give to a, a toddler to figure out all the buttons and what they do. Um, and have, like, the grasp over it to, like, p- actually play the game. But, like, we'd hit puzzles and I'd, like, talk through the puzzles with them. Or, like, we'd talk about what to do next. Stuff like that. Um, so that was, like, a big thing this year was playing through Tears of the Kingdom and them being really excited about it. Uh, so they're going to go as as Link. Um, That's a great. Be, yeah, I mean, a, you couldn't a great have picked costume. that better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, like, Emily is, like... I've uh, been working on hand sewing it. I made uh, some chainmail accents for it, although one Ooh. of them we're, we're ending up not using because it it was supposed to be like because it's to, to give the impression that there's a chainmail shirt underneath the tunic, and so the one for the bottom was just like too heavy because it's like all the way around the waist. But I think the the ones on the arms and there's like a little tiny bit that I did so it looks like it's like pop, popping up above the like collar, like the sort of cut lower part of the collar on the um the the tunic um so yeah i think the the arms and like that part will be on there um but uh 
I thought yeah, chainmail was my thing. Uh, I do know how to make chainmail. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Should have brought but, that up back uh, in episode one. Um, yeah, when we were talking about chainmail. I was just saying. <laughs> um, so, but for the school party, it needs to be a, a costume that they can like easily take off, and the the tunic. Um, because it's just like a sewn costume thing. It's not like a super stretchy fabric. Like, uh, Emily, like cut out with like a pattern and everything. Um, and so like in order to like get it on, there's like already buttons on the, the shoulder. And sometimes with like tight shirts, um, arcade will just sometimes struggle with it. And so this is like kind of a hard shirt to get off where like maybe they could do it, but they're supposed to be able to do it without help. Um, and so, uh, they decided that they just don't want to deal with like having to try and get it off on their own um, at school, which is totally fine. Makes sense. Uh, and so they're actually going to be wearing the Zaku costume that I made last year that we still have like sitting around. Nice. Um, so because that is like they can they can easily get like it's like a cardboard box body. Um, and then the head I did like paper mache, but it like fits over their bike helmet. Um, and since they're not going to be like riding their scooter or whatever, uh, they, it doesn't need to be like buckled. They might have a little bit more trouble, like getting their hand up in there to like unbuckle it with especially all the Zaku stuff. But, um, yeah, we just won't like buckle it closed because, you know, you Does just kind of have to have like, it on your go head. over the head when you put it on yeah. like the torso. Yeah. And then I did, um, like, you know, the, the ball with like the spikes on one shoulder and then on the other shoulder, the like, uh, sort of thing that hangs down, like the longer shield that hangs down. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I made some, um, you know, some, some various things to give it a sense, but it is also just like a cardboard box that I painted to look like a Zaku. So, um, Sounds like It'll you did a fun. good job with it. Yeah. Um, I suspect that uh, they will be <laughs> like no, their classmates Don't will probably not. The, yeah. will yeah. not know what the Zaku is. And then uh, it's like, you know, I'll say I'm a Zaku and they'll be like, what's that from? And we'll be like, or, I'll have to bleep that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just said my child's name. Um, but um. Yeah, the, you know, uh, from Captain Gundam, and I'm like, they're also still going to be like, what's that? What? <laughs> I guess that's slightly the curse higher of, chance. Uh, but. That's the curse of being a particularly cool child. Yeah. Is you're just not going to always be on the same wavelength as uh, all of your classmates. Yeah. Because you already have your cool, obscure interest. Yeah. Um. It, it'll be fun, though. Yeah, sounds nice. Um, yeah, I'm gonna do. I think for for Halloween this year, I'm gonna do what I do for Halloween every year, which is try spend... to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, am, am I supposed to be Okudo, or was that you? Oh, I was doing the. What are we gonna do tonight? Uh, you know, what oh, do we do every yeah. night, Pinky? Try to take over the world. That's but. a good one. That's a good. That's yeah. a good reference. Sorry, I didn't. Uh, I didn't catch it gracefully. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I just a little disappointing. I know. Yeah. Um, no, I'm going to do what I do every year, which is spend the majority of the day listening to Slayer. And then um, we also have uh, trick-or-treaters. So, like, yeah. the area that I live, similar to – somewhat similar to where you live, it's, it's not quite an affluent area. Um. But it's like getting there and it's yeah. very close to like a very affluent area, like walking distance. So we get a lot of trick-or-treaters, um, but mostly in like, there's a couple waves starting at like six-ish and then it ends yeah. pretty early. Like it ends earlier than I remember my trick-or-treating ending when I was younger. And I don't know yeah. if that's just is that something you've noticed as well? Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if it's true or if it's just like bedtime was earlier, but I didn't think about it in that way. And so I just felt like I but like we're gonna be like going trick-or-treating like at five o'clock or something. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um so my but hypothesis... I, I do feel like some of that is also like um you know, the, like, our kid being little means that you're also more inclined to go, like, while it's still kind of light. And then as, like, the kid gets older, it's, like, easier to go when it's, like, dark out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I do I do kind of see that distribution. Because we've... I'm le- So I'm leading up to saying that we're going to, like, hand out candy. Um, <laughs> but before I get there... Uh, Last year we handed out candy and I noticed that distribution of like the really little kids are coming earlier as you would expect. And then some kids, some of the older kids come later, but it's still like really tapers off quickly. Um, yeah. And then like leading me to think like, Oh, this is it's an ending sooner than when I was young. Um, and then I was hypothesizing that, um, I mean, it may be related to, um, like the neighborhood. So the, the neighborhood that I live in is like, it's closer into the city, but it's not exactly like, I mean, it's nothing like, uh, the integrated like cityscape of Chicago, for instance. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like a couple miles from downtown, but the way Cincinnati is laid out, it's, um, it's kind of like halfway, uh, like urban suburban. Um, but compared to where I grew up. So I just grew up like entirely in suburban subdivisions, which, uh, you know, I'm sure there's, Anyone listening, there's probably a fair chance that you know exactly the kind of neighborhood I'm talking about. Um, yeah. And I think those are, they're just so contained and they're also so like, there's so many children there. I feel like they're more geared for trick or treating. Uh, it's like a more conducive environment, at least insofar as like, 
the considerations that parents are making, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, like it's easier to just like walk out your door and then it's all of your, like your own neighborhood and all of your neighbors and yada, yada, as opposed to like driving somewhere and then, or walking to another neighborhood. And in, in, in our case, it would be driving um, most likely like, driving to another neighborhood and then walking around and like, it's just more complicated. Um, yeah. And you're more remote. So that like sense of, I'm sure it's a safety thing as well. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know if that's actually like a social shift. Um, the fact that you've noticed it as well, maybe makes me feel like I'm not just, it's not just me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know if that's a social shift or what. And then there's also trunk or treating as well now, which was never a thing. Yeah, that is, that does just feel like a new thing. I know from what I've heard, it was like bigger in the South, but I, I also still just feels like a newer phenomenon to me. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, we're basically Kentucky here, so yeah, we're pretty close to, to that. Um, I still don't fully understand what, what that is or what happens there. Just people like go into some random parking lot and have candy in their, like hand out candy by their car. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, I could have looked this up at any point in the last year. Uh, I just haven't bothered. <laughs> it does. Uh, it does seem odd to me. It seems like odd and, and more like sketchy somehow. Yeah. Um, but to each their own. Um, so anyway, I have a full like reindeer costume, like full on, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> full outfit that uh, for, <laughs> for some reason, like I I have this because um, so Sarah bought it, which you probably could have guessed that yeah. that it wasn't my purchase uh but the renaissance fair in like our area also has a thing and again this might be like dumb that i think this is the only they think this is unique but when ren fair season's over they shift into christmas mode and they do yuletide village have you yeah is this a thing um, elsewhere i i i think so Okay. Also, oh. again, something I could very easily have Googled or I could Google right now. Um, it's not that important, so I'm not going to. But we were <laughs> gonna go to it we were gonna go to it last year and then we were like, Oh, it's just like Renaissance Fair, so you buy a costume. Um, that may or may not be true, but Sarah bought a reindeer costume. Like a full on adult man <laughs> reindeer <laughs> costume. So she is wearing the costume that she carefully assembled last week because she was like going out for Halloween and stuff. And I was not. So she has a carefully assembled like costume that looks reasonable. And I'm just going to be in like a, a giant reindeer costume. Yeah. For just handing out candy on my front porch. 
Um, so that should be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll send you a picture when I'm fully geared up. Um, yeah. (laughs) Maybe you don't want that. (laughs) No, you should, you should. Um, I might. So last year, uh, my kid was going around as a Zaku. And so I had like, uh, uh, not like full Char, but I had like a, uh, hoodie that i got that like looks like char's outfit and stuff Mm -hmm. um like his jacket uh so that's what i went around in but um emily made like a fox costume like two that like we could wear um there's enough for like a full family of foxes if if we so i might wear the like fox costume that i didn't walk around in last year this year um like while you're watching perfect blue no, it would just be for trick or treating. <laughs> I will. I will not be sitting there. <laughs> why? Why not? Um, you can't give me a good reason. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't give me one good reason. Why not? Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> that, <laughs> that means you got to do it. Uh, yeah. So that would be cool. We'll we'll both be anthropomorphized uh animals for halloween yeah (laughs) now if that is not a a radical coincidence i don't know what is (laughs) yeah um so you you mean because of this the chapter this this week right yes exactly um because the the chapter also features a, an animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually about to pivot right back to the chapter as well. Um, I was going to nominate you to tell uh, to tell me, in honor of Salen, uh, what the spookiest moment—not our favorite moment, but what the spookiest moment in oh, uh, in the chapter was. Yeah. Let's see. Um. I mean, spookiest. I've right? already got mine. So, yeah, spookiest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For me, it, spookiest coincides with best. Coincidentally. Yeah. Well, Coincide. so there, there, there's two moments, and they're also some of the best moments. But I think that the spookiest moment is... Uh, when the master puts the the stuffed animal into the non-burnables trash, even though it should go into the burnables trash. Oh, that's just spooky. yeah, yeah. It is spooky. They're not gonna like that at all. Yeah, he's just gonna get reamed out by his neighbor. <laughs> um, is it is the spookiest for you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> when when Ta- <laughs> Mas Takanochi uses the stuffed animal as a sponge. <laughs> No, it was that was really heartwarming, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah. I also thought that was really heartwarming, so I was going to be <laughs> surprised if you said it was spooky. Yeah, what's spooky about this very uh, muscular uh, adult man with a mask on, rubbing himself with the small stuffed animal? <laughs> um, that could never possibly be spooky in any context. Yeah. Uh but no, that was that was great. It's it's heartwarming. 
Um, <laughs> the spookiest moment for me was uh, the panel where we find out that this is we find out whose house this is. It's Takunochi's house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we finally find out. I think this is the, the like first time it's revealed in the whole volume. It might be. I think it is. Uh, so this mystery of like whose house this is, which we were highly entertained by. Um, <laughs> Now we find out that it's just Takanuchi's house, which is really spooky because uh, this like masked man who's been living in the house with Takanuchi's parents, presumably, yeah. uh, isn't Takanuchi at all, and they think he is. Uh, so that's a really it's a classic horror movie set up there. Yeah, that's like. 80% of an M. Night Shyamalan film. Yeah. <laughs> and then this whole chapter is is the other 20%. Like, you yeah. just have you just have a whole M. Night film with, with everything else. Um, I suppose. It's been a long... One... We shouldn't oh, talk should, more about M. Night Shyamalan yeah. films, but also You're right, it's been I'm a sorry. long time since I've seen any of them. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. It's been a long time for me too. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there's a couple other spooky moments. I mean, the, the panel with uh, the scene where uh, Mass Takenochi is failing uh to soften the stuffed animal and then it's like cuts to the panel of the uh of the master the like yeah. close up on his face and it's just so like weathered like extremely weathered <laughs> um but then the way it's like backlit uh it's like centered in the panel and backlit and he just looks so uh imposing and in, like his eyes, especially just like the pure white eyes. Yeah. This is another, uh, another good spooky moment. And then uh, you know, the ominous element to what he's saying. Yeah. Honestly, that, that panel might be the spookiest, but yeah, I think it is. I think most people would select, would select that one. But also, putting putting the burnable trash in the non-burnable trash. Like, who does that? Yeah, it's, or, sorry, it's pretty... Putting, yeah, putting the, the burnable trash in the non-burnable trash. I don't know if I mixed it around when I said it. I may have. I don't know. But, like, that I'm should easy, be burned. <laughs> I'm easily confused, as we, uh, <laughs> uh, as we established. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh... I don't. I. I'll admit I don't know the classification system, but there could be some components in the in the stuffed animal that are um, non-burnable. Well, I guess uh, like if it was yeah. a stuffed animal that had like electronics and stuff in it, it probably wouldn't be. You wouldn't, wouldn't, you wouldn't take it in the it. bath. Yeah, you wouldn't be hitting it with a stick to soften it up. Yeah. So, 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we can safely conclude this is a uh, this should be burnable. Yeah. Yeah, the uh I enjoyed the comedy of this arc. Uh the pillow jutsu with the um <laughs> the I think there's several devices that are used that make it really funny. But yeah. One of them being the master, like at these key, the, there are these key moments that are really deflating where he just like so much, uh, like sense of authority and like ominous presence and mystery is built up around him. And then he just yeah. does something that's like so deflating and bizarre. <laughs> it just undermines it all. Uh, and to this is a, like maybe the best moment of all of these. It's just putting putting it in the trash, which is like deflating for the whole plotline of the chapter. Yeah. Uh, but then also like seeing him <laughs> just like not sort his trash correctly, and that's the last time we see him. Uh, yeah, it's, it's too funny. Any other impressions on, of course we have the next episode, but any other yeah. impressions on, uh, the volume, uh, just really quick here at the end, you know, yeah. just final impressions, I mean, final thoughts, considerations. We, did, we didn't know in any of this that, uh, the baseball plot does continue. It's, it starts with them all talking about their baseball strategies, um, and Mass Sakanochi then uh, has to leave to go to training. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Uh, next time, we will be reading the ancillary material from Volume 3. You can find the full schedule at xwareaw.io slash schedule. If you have questions for us, send them to ghostdiverspot at gmail.com. You can get early access to this episode. Uh... You can get early access to episodes of this podcast and many others by coming on a patron of the expo- or the network at exportodd.io and listening for the billig feeds. Uh, or for $5, you get exclusive bonus episodes of a variety of podcasts, but especially coffee and comic books, a podcast where they actually talk about the comics most of the time. Uh, they're reading Hunter Hunter right now. Uh, if you like this podcast, please tell a friend. They can find the free feed at exportodd.io slash Puton or by searching for Bondering Puton on the podcast of choice. If you like listening to us talk, we do a lot more of that over at Ghost Divers, which you can find at exportodd.io slash Ghost Divers or by searching Ghost Divers using a podcast of choice. We're currently reading Nana. Uh, you can find the show at Ponder Puton on Twitter or just at Puton on Ghost. You can find me at Foxomnia on Twitter, Ghost, and Blue Sky, where you can check my pinned tweet or pinned shows, but not my pinned skeet because those don't exist yet to find links to all of my podcasts. Where can people find you, Connor? Y'all can find me at Rebelais on Twitter and co-host. And uh, our opening theme is Ninganante by Yoshiro Takaro, and taking us out today is The Bitterest Pill by The Jam. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.
kiss. <laughs>